Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. This is our first full off-season version of the Full Cast, just to keep you familiar with how this particular podcast works. Um, We're going to be discussing college football and other things, usually on Wednesday. Usually record on Tuesday, go on Wednesday in the off-season. Maybe a rogue emergency version every now and then. Maybe we do one for the Oscars. I don't know. Maybe we do one for something we feel equally passionate about. What would that be, Ryan Nanny? Dolly Parton. That would, that's what it would be. Happy birthday, Dolly. I love you. She turns, Happy birthday, Dolly. I think she's She listening. turned 70 today on this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can probably say definitively the most important person in my life. So this is the one person that you are on record as saying that you feel you would be too emotionally compromised to ever like interview or do anything with professionally, right? I can meet God a lot more easily. Okay. Yeah, with God, I'd be like, well, whatever, that's God. But then Dolly would walk in the room and I'd completely lose my shit because she's been there so many times for me in life. She was in Rhinestone. She mm-hmm. was in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. She, was, she did her own show. She uh, later appeared on VH1 Classic doing songs that I remember hearing with my grandfather on WSM. In Nashville, I mean, she's been everything. She was Glastonbury 2014. She made a collective soul song good. Do you know how hard that is to do? It's pretty hard. But nobody, she did. Nobody else has done that. No, <laughs> literally, no one. No one said, "Oh, I'll do a cover of a collective soul song," because they know it'll be like trying to polish a like rusty soda can. But dang him, she did it, and did it well. And she was in Nine to Five, which I don't know. She tied up Dabney Coleman and, like, whipped him. Yeah, in a dream, might, in a dream sequence. It was wonderful. Might, might have been a formative experience for more than one young boy watching that film on basic cable. 9 to 5 is a – what year did 9 to 5 come out? Um, man, man, that might be 1980. It is – you're right on the dot. The very tail end of 1980. And it is the, like, earliest 80 move, 80s movie I've ever seen because it just has – the story is just thin enough to hang – a movie on but beyond that it's just like hey what if just jane fonda and lily tomlin and dolly parton all just did just did fun shit and smoked weed it it sounds like the way you said it it sounds like that movie came out and they realized oh shit we got to flip the calendar it's the 80s now (laughs) it's not this movie does not belong in the 70s it's not dissimilar that is that is fairly accurate we should also note that in addition to this uh i'm just gonna go ahead and unload the cool facts about dolly parton she uh Gave Porter Wagner back 
his entire publishing catalog because she had money like that. She bought a damn theme park because she had money like that. That theme park, Dollywood, will let you take your dog into the into the theme park itself. You're not you're not gonna bring up Dixie Stampede? I'm gonna keep going. Okay. <laughs> she she was in Steel Magnolias. Okay. Which is acceptable viewing for any man who really wants to get in touch with their feelings, damn it. Olympia Dukakis decided tonight with a couple of friends at dinner, she's southern. Just by virtue of that movie. I know she's not from here. We're just gonna go ahead and induct her. That's fine. We adopted her. She's the emotional heart of that movie, even though she's in it for like seven minutes. And she'll send your kid a book. Like, I realize not today in Tennessee. Apparently, it's like all over the United States. Dolly Parton will just send your kids a book until they're like 14 or 12 or something. Because she was poor as shit. Yes. So keep in mind, East Tennessee produced the two greatest Americans of our time, which would be Steve Spurrier and Dolly Parton. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Our time? That seems like two or three times ago. No, 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 no. This is our time. That's fine. That could be okay. someone else's time. I can't I, I, I'm not calling them old. I'm saying, uh, can we really claim them? I'm going to start saying that other people came from East Tennessee. Right? Young Jeezy came from East Tennessee. Not far. South Carolina. Mahatma Gandhi. East Tennessee. Not far. Uh, no. East, kind of, well, okay, kind of far. East Zanzibar. Pretty sure that's where he was born. Wolverine. It's got mountains. Wolverine. Wolverine. Totally. Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. Do you know Hugh Jackman's Instagram account, which is actually better than Hugh Jackman, born in East Tennessee? Wow. All totally true. So happy birthday, Dolly. So many amazing facts. So many accomplishments. And we didn't even mention Hard Candy Christmas. Oh, man. Don't do this. I'm going to get emotional. I know. I'm going to tear up. So, yes, Dolly Parton and her – we didn't even mention Jolene. We didn't mention Joshua. There's a lot we didn't mention. She was on Designing Women. How – like the accomplishments are too numerous to list. I will say Joshua is my favorite song of hers because it's about her going to the scariest man in town and falling in love with him. I feel bad for the people who heard us – who sat through 20 seconds of us talking about Dolly Parton and bailed. They fucked up. They did. If you can, if you just turn this back on, like maybe we'll give it another chance. Turn it back off. You don't deserve it. Because <laughs> here come twenty more seconds about Dolly Parton, <laughs> followed by. <laughs> we all were at the national title game. I think which we regarded as a unanimous success. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was the, the it game was a, itself. Yeah, it was entertaining. And, yeah, and apparently economical to get to if uh, if you wanted a ticket last minute. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> what was your uh, you you didn't have to uh, purchase a ticket, did you? No, I managed to skeeze one off of a corporate contact. Okay, because I, I I feel like that would have been. I, I really kind of wish you had just tailed somebody trying to desperately unload four tickets at the end of the near the start of kickoff, and just we see, might ought to do that. Just see like <laughs> the descent. Maybe we do that next year for the late New Year's Eve playoff game. Mm, what and or, or the final? Because because I... that one might be here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a number of of ticket salesmen. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. As, as it is, pretty much any time you're anywhere near the dome, someone's trying to sell you tickets. So those fellows will be working triple time. And then there's the championship game in Tampa, where I'm sure there won't be any issues with fraud or other flimflamery. Can I remind you of this, that these end up where? Where for next year? Yeah, we're the, go- the semis are in uh, Atlanta and, and Phoenix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about let's, let's get to the final. Where, where's that final next year? Home. We're going oh, home, we're- boys. Yeah, I thought Ryan already said that. Yeah. Yeah, Tam- T- Tampa. Tampa. We're going to Tampa. Which is like, I always lean on Ryan for this, but I want to remind you of how hard the college football playoff has already screwed up an otherwise decent concept. (laughs) And in in year three saying, hmm, let's take this to the marquee location of Tampa. I mean, there there are a handful of good arguments 
in favor of Tampa. One there is, is that a football field. There is a football field. Mm-hmm. Two, the weather will definitely not be like it was kind of cold and crappy in Phoenix a lot of the time we were there. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad <sighs> at all. Think, you'd never think weather is bad. I don't want to hear from you. It, it was, was like fifty five degrees. It was. I, it I was. was it was back of a convertible. Matter of fact, it was. It was fine. It was fine. It was fine, but it was not as nice as it could have been. It will be nicer in, in Tampa. Ooh. Uh, Tampa has a, I will say great things about Tampa's airport, maybe because it often means you're leaving, but it's efficient. It's easy to, it's, uh, it's easy to get to from several national hubs. I think, I think Tampa's is going to secretly be a success and also a total shit show. I don't know. Let's, let's keep in mind you said, you said Tampa's going to have better weather than 55 sunny and dry and, uh, and, and, and no wind at all. Um, I do want to point out, though, that we should all just prepare ourselves for the possibility that we have a national championship game in Tampa, Florida, including the Florida State Seminoles, because that's a possibility we should all just I'm not saying it's going to happen. That's not a prognostication, but I'm also saying don't rule it out and then try to understand what that means. I will say this. If you go to Tampa, the great challenge will be one finding anything to train a camera on besides the collection of bank buildings in the middle of town. True. There are bridges that people jump off of to die. <laughs> to die. Let's um, to die. So you can film a documentary. There's the University of Tampa, which has Russian-inspired architecture, because even, even they were like, God, you know what sounds better in Tampa? Russia. Yep. There's, uh, let's see, El Cap over in St. Pete. Mm-hmm for your scenic hamburger so they'll just go over to st pete and film it and the like 20 people who are actually from st petersburg will get real bent about this um there's gonna be somebody's gonna get in a i predict at least one of the team members of whoever is represented in this game is going to get thrown out of bush gardens okay yeah did you get thrown out of Bush Gardens when you lived in no, Tampa? No, 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 Because, I mean, there's literally nothing else to do in Tampa. You can't get thrown out of Bush Gardens, man. There's – you can go touch the dolphins from the dolphin movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, um, there's – there's the the ocean is close. There's uh, a, uh, the world's second largest Salvador Dali museum. Second largest. <laughs> because why not? It's true. There's um, a there's highlight. My favorite thing about Tampa oh, yeah. Bay highlight is they have a very large thing that says "No handguns in Tampa Bay highlight, please." Um, it's a very large sign. Yeah, there's uh, it's bustling. there are lots of shirts with like lots of lots of shops with like you know beach shirts. Sure, even if they're not near the beach. Yeah, with like sayings on them, like uh-huh. fart jokes. Right. Yeah, or you could go to historic Ebor. Oh, yeah, where you can do a shot off of you can do a shot off of an ice block, as your forefathers and their forefathers before them did. There are, I would wager, there are more McDonald'ses per capita than mo- just about anywhere on Earth. Mm, che- the, the most McDonald'ses per capita I've ever seen. Checkers. There's well, so yeah. many. Checkers really checkers. has has dug in there pretty well. But he's right. There, there are a fair amount of McDonald's. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be pretty dismal. There's not much to do in Tampa, but get out of it. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great time, you guys. I'm it's so excited. Gonna, it's going to be fantastic. Do you have – this is the off season. We are entering the off season, And I will spring a surprise on you, which is this. Your, your off-season goals. Because I, I know I always said, oh, here's everything I'll get done in the offseason. I end up doing like two of them. Out of a list of like eight, but Jason, do you have any? Do you have any off-season goals? Things that you would like to accomplish now that you have an entire day and a half to two days freed up out of your life? Uh, well, I usually try to get sort of back into shape, um, and like to try and run a you know a couple ten k's and whatever. That's not really a new goal, though. That's sort of a oh, I have to do this or else I won't survive next season <laughs> thing. Um. As far as new stuff, I haven't put much thought into it yet. Really, Ryan? Um, I just want to read like non-sports things. I'm very happy to read non-sports things. Are, are you a fiction or non-fiction reader? I'm gonna. I, I haven't. I I used to read a lot of fiction, but I haven't 
in the last couple of years, so I'm going to try to like catch up big time. Yes, that, that's because you live in the real world now. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't read fiction after you actually enter the real world. Well, and it's too easy to fall into like the dad fiction thing where you're like, huh, this is – oh, the history the history of the submarine. Well, I'll read this. That sounds interesting. I'll learn that, something. Yeah, damn it. That's fascinating. I though. know. Because every other story would be like a young man torn between his history, like a, a young man in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on. Yeah. You're describing Roger, so. <laughs> Roger Sherman. A man, obs- a man obsessed with pudding. <laughs> That's a book title right there. A man obsessed with pudding. Yeah. Boom. My favorite, there's this entire school of literature that's like middle-aged women who only summer on like Cape Cod Mm -hmm. having affairs. Mm -hmm. Like that's, oh man, there's an entire school of like literature that's like she summered on Cape Cod and fell in love with the carpenter. Do you think Kate Chopin is like, that's not what I wrote The Awakening for. God damn it. (laughs) It wasn't a how-to, you dumbasses. I just like there's this entire school of like scumbag lady literature Uh that's really dollied up and dressed up. Like if a dude wrote it, it's like... Yeah, I went and had sex with this hot chick. Yeah, it was really cool. A, a dude would write it terribly. Dude yeah, write it terribly. Terribly. It'd be, thir- it'd be three pages. Yeah. I feel like yeah, so I had sex. And Her it name was, was Amber, and she was yeah. super hot. There's this entire scumbag lady candidate of literature that's like 300 pages of like emotionally. This is what I needed most at the at that time. That's uh, that's what I needed. The other thing I'm going to try to do this off season is start a side business. And that side business is in the lucrative industry of uh, moms who like wine and and who want like shirts or trivets or other paraphernalia. That it doesn't even have to make sense. It can just say something like, "My other car is Chardonnay." <laughs> and like like white moms love that shit. <laughs> Team Pinot Noir. Uh huh. Uh huh. The sticker for the back of the uh, Hyundai Santa Fe. Just put it right on there. Don't bother me before I've had my Chablis. I don't know. That doesn't sound. (laughs) It's great. My goal is to just sort of regain my sanity somewhat. That's it. I don't even have to like. How's that going? Very poorly. Okay. Very. I'm not going to be real frank. It's not going real well. So where's the meter at right now? Oh, it's. It's um nose is just above water. So So this is a good po- time to bring up fair listener that inevitably Spencer will have to leave to do something and Jason and I are going to have to do this show by ourselves and we know you hate it and we don't give a fuck. Nope. Yeah, they don't. And I don't you know what I don't either. That's great. I think they should learn to deal with that. This is part of your your maturation as a human being. We will have Bri- we will have Brian Floyd part. and his shit ass internet connection on every episode for a month. This is part of your your maturation as a listener. Mm-hmm. As you you have to become a better listener. It's not us. It's the, you that has to is, level is, up here. This is Stockholm syndrome, okay? Because when Spencer is on, it's like the Chinese buffet. You're just like, oh, this is all so delicious, and it's it's basically free, and I'll eat as much of it as I can. But when it's just me and Jason, it becomes more like a conceptual art restaurant where it's like, <laughs> what, what, really, the experience is about what's not on the plate. Now yeah, here's here's uh, one frozen pea. That's eighty dollars. Yeah, it's one of them restaurants where the the chef just just woke up this morning and he did not feel like using any you know vegetables. Mm-hmm. So Waffle House. Well, I guess that would yeah that would apply there. Yeah, there's really like there's actually like one vegetable at Waffle House. That's it. There's some spinach that they'll do with the like skinny chicken platter. Otherwise, that's it. You can get some iceberg lettuce. Can you get some iceberg? Yeah, it's you. You say uh, you got to bring you, it yourself, though. <laughs> you you got to shoot in, it. You, you got to shoot it yourself out back. You want uh, this yeah, in the, the way omelet? the way to get some iceberg is to ask for garden mm-hmm. on whatever you order on your on your on your eggs. Yeah, I like the garden eggs. <laughs> I was I was gonna say this is like if you go to Waffle House and you say iceberg lettuce is a vegetable, they're like, oh, you're one of us. You're a Georgian. Hey, uh, we're going to answer some reader questions. I thought we would do that tonight to ease into this off-season, a vast off-season where, uh, you know, the next marker in this calendar year is signing day. 
and we'll we'll talk about that. Are we? Sure, just a little. All right. But yeah, not I mean, but not now. Not this week. No. no. Okay. Okay. Cuz I <laughs> yeah. just I don't know shit about recruiting. Yeah, I don't either until like a week before. And then you find out like Christmas, you're like, oh, I looked in the closet and I'm getting a G.I. Joe hovercraft. Oh like, no, the G.I. Joe hovercraft committed to Miami. Shit. Shit. <laughs> that tag says somebody else other than me. No. Yeah, that's that's recruiting. We're going to get into that eventually. I just want people to know it's down the road. But over the years, I think we've we've sort of, I think – taken on a rather blasé approach to this there's people who care about it and you just let them care about it right thank you they bud. do a great job thank bud elliot bud. thank you bud you're a yeah, blast. i mean i i keep up with it but it's fine that shut y'all up know. let bud have it's, his it's, day in the sun I, I don't mean to brag but i'm, I'm pretty aware of what's happening Jesus. in recruiting but yeah don't, bud don't listen to him we're proud of you so, not as aware as bud i was gonna say jason so you're really tracking Rose of like, like we're r- Rosie D'Angelopoulos, right? Where's he going? Yep, he's uh well, he's going to to uh to Mitsu. I'm afraid to say. Mm. Do you have no. a, Do you have a spreadsheet? No, I. <laughs> then then you know what? Get out of here. Listen, listen. If we're comparing me to Bud Elliott and his his uh his supersized laptop screen and his phablet that he needs to keep track of all his recruiting spreadsheets, then no, no. I guess I don't pay any attention at all. But it's compared been... to you two, I pay I pay a lot of attention. Hey, he also needs the phablet so he can film himself asking recruits which emoji is most on fleek, and so he can periscope recruiting events while asking his periscope followers for golf scores. <laughs> Did he do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was yeah. This was a day when I was on vacation and I was checking in. How are things going? Ah, oh, buds, uh, you know, getting live golf scores while periscoping some recruiting events. Okay, good. It sounds like everything's fine. Can one of you ask Bud if we can do a live shutdown full cast at his wedding? Oh yeah, we could. Okay. Yeah, we pr- we probably ought to. We can figure this out. Yeah, yeah. Bud will just be like, yeah, you got to help uh, load and unload. You know. Y'all, y'all, y'all are gonna have to be cater waiters. That'll save me, though. I think he'll make us sing or something like that. Happily. Happily. I mean, Ryan and I still need to do Easy Lover. That's right. Yeah, you're on Philip Bailey's parts, right? Yep. Yep. Proudly. I'm on, I'm on Phil Collins, and I'm gonna tuck my pants into some pleated khakis and rock this thing. It's gonna happen. You're on synth, Jason. Okay. Yeah. So uh, questions. I have one. That I would like to answer. Actually, I have two. We'll, we'll just run an option here. We'll Indul- do round. Indulge yourself. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, we don't have anything else to discuss. There's not football for like, like another year. There's a whole year between now. And <laughs> an entire calendar year. <laughs> there Surely. Are, there are 12 years. 17 months. Man, we should remember this moment right now when it's August and we look up like, oh, God, there's football you in can, like two weeks. You can go and get your medical degree at the time it takes for football season to We return. have our whole lives ahead of us right now, boys. Yeah. We just you, take a few months to relax. Have you seen? And have you then, seen? Yeah, it's like Interstellar. The offseason actually moves at 27 years per hour. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say this is like inner space. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You're uh-huh. the Martin. You're the Martin Short in my head, Ryan. It's like inner vision. Uh-huh. It's like inner vision. I can't inner remember vision. which. I can't remember which songs were on that. The album. Stevie Wonder album, mm-hmm. the classic, which I believe has "You Are the Sunshine of My Life" on it. Mm-hmm. Later right. on, later on, if we have time, I will tell you about Stevie Wonder and the most smooth dad lineup of music ever coming to New Orleans Jazz Fest this summer. But please, let's answer some questions. I'm sorry, that has Don't You Worry About a Thing and Living for the City on it. And Higher Ground. Yeah, that's a lot better than You Are My, or you are my Sunshine or whatever you said. Yeah, that song. Smooth, it's not, Yeah, it's not better than Love, Light, and Flight, though. But still. Um, my question is from Buster Bronco Esquire, a.k.a. Fernet Bronco. The question is, I know it's early for a preseason top ten. But which teams will be most disrespected next year? Oh, the disrespect. I'm already mad. Already cranking up here on January 19th, 2016. 
just I'll tell you what the number one team that's most disrespected is your team. Mm-hmm. Just so much disrespect. Nobody's given the shot. No one, especially number two team Alabama. Yeah, not una- not unanimous number one. And even if they are unanimous, just that's just of the voters. What about those who can't vote? Why didn't we ask them? That's bias. Well, why didn't they let them vote? Mm-hmm. There's people out there doubting. That's Acorn. Uh, uh, Ohio State's going to be up there. They always are. Sure. Um, because after finishing number one and number three, preseason polls got them lower in the top ten, which is even that might be a little generous because they're losing like their entire rosters. Uh, but still, I, I don't think that's going to phase Ohio State fans much. Mm. It's true. Uh, the, the, the losing the roster part. <laughs> the ranking low in the top ten, that part will, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you LSU. Oh, Matt, massively disrespected. You just keep underestimating less. Just go on. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll throw you one. Jo- Georgia. Ooh, mm, yeah. Cause I, mean, com- I mean, why are you putting all this on the old regime? Mark Rick's gone. Yeah. Florida State. What? Why are you calling Jimbo out? Jimbo's got a ring. Yeah, I think the more Clemson gets talked up for next year, the more FSU will be disrespected. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Because uh, other than a quarterback, FSU returns a, a whole lot more than Clemson. Yeah, and also their fan base is kind of dim. So. Yeah, and, and, and facts aside, this is, this is less about what's <sighs> coming back and more about the people who are rooting for what's coming back. They're totally going to be in that Tampa title game, and, and Spencer won't even go. No, why would I? I don't need to watch that. Uh, Michigan State is, of course, always disrespected. Yeah, that's like a program value at Michigan State, especially because they're gonna sh- they're gonna show up in the preseason rankings about ten spots behind Michigan, mm-hmm. which they uh, beat fair and square decisively last year. Left no doubts at all on the field. Wire to wire that game. Yeah, completely uh, dominated them for sixty minutes. Baylor, I think Baylor's like like quietly climbing into the ranks of perpetually disrespected. Right. Okay. I mean, some maybe. This season, yeah, because they won a bowl game. Like last year, it was, you know, oh, well, you know, the last, the last few years, it's been, yeah, you had a good season, but, you know, that, that, the, the ending sort of shut you up. But now, they, they got all that ball of momentum rolling. And then there's the team that has respect to spare and would probably be happy to give some to you because, oh, God, the spotlight is hot. And that's Tennessee. Oh, oh, Jesus! Oh, yeah, does anybody oh want to do some uh, kind of like carbon exchange? Are you 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 feel you feel you feel disrespected, boy? Uh, I would love to give you some AP votes. So, looking at the uh, the composite, way too early top twenty-five. Tennessee's ten. Oh mm. yeah, uh, Tennessee we, is ahead of the Rose Bowl champion, ahead we, of the Peach Bowl champion. If we could just ahead uh, of the Sugar Bowl champion, get down to seventeen or something where we could just sit quietly. That'd be uh, that'd be awesome. They want to be like I think this really should work like carbon credits, right? Mm-hmm. Like Tennessee needs to trade down. Yeah, they need to be respect neutral. They're like, we're, <laughs> listen, we're college football's first respect neutral team. We traded down all of that abundance of respect for some disrespect, so that we are technically respect neutral. People really respect Monsanto now. It's yeah, cool. It's, it's amazing. Like they traded with Tennessee. It was awesome. Like that's another. Another team like Stanford, I know there's like 80 people, 80, 85, who really care about this, but Stanford's just massively disrespected because they get back, they get back Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I don't care who's playing quarterback. They get back Christian McCaffrey. I think they also don't care, though. No, they don't. They don't. Like, but Yeah, they're not, they're, they're not too worried about it. The, the Pac-12, let's see. Um, the disrespect rankings. I'm going to put Oregon pretty high up Oregon there. Oregon seems like a good candidate, yeah. Can, can Oregon be disrespected, though? Who? Um, not after blowing a 31-point lead in a bowl game. Hi, Dan Rubenstein. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, UCLA, maybe? That I don't know. There's not really a Pac-12. Oh, oh, uh, Utah. Utah's the Pac-12 team because they're, you know, they're not even being talked about ranked. And after they won, what, 10 games or so? Nine, 10 games? Yeah, they went 10 to 3. They're going to they're, they're gonna be the team that's going to yell and complain. Okay, okay. Man, so much disrespect. Yeah, I'm going to say this too. The teams that are, uh, the teams that are respected, like, and want to trade down, right? Tennessee's one. 
I think Florida, whatever they Oh, rank, yeah. We'd, oh, please. I, we'd, be, <laughs> we'd be happy to trade down. Uh, um, South, whatever South Carolina is. If somebody's like, South Carolina will go five and, you know, five and seven. <laughs> easy. Easy. Ooh, easy, man. Slow Let's, down there. Fast te- and furious. Texas? Texas would be more than happy to. Whatever you want. Here, just, just take it. You want to um, say we're going to win three games? That's oh, fine. Oh, uh, I'll put in. I'll put an Arkansas on that list. Oh yeah, just over. They'll, they'll start in the preseason top twenty-five. We know they'll immediately exit it and then claw their way back. Boys, I feel like they'd rather just go ahead and start out of it. Boys, we we uh, we left out a big-time disrespect candidate. Hmm. The Iowa Hawkeyes. Ooh. Yeah, they, they they probably won't even be top ten after that. You know, pretty good. 11 win season. Oh, 12, man. 12, 12, dog. 12. That pretty good 12 win season. Yeah. Can I just give you, by the way, Arkansas? They start with Louisiana Tech and at TCU. They're immediately bombing out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. It, just go ahead and just go ahead and write it in now. Oh. Incredible surge brings Arkansas back into the top 25. Dude, their, second, their second SEC game on October 8th is Alabama. Just, just go ahead. Take the elevator down, man. Trade down. I'm Trade exci- down. I'm excited for the week one loss to La Tech because then we get to do the skip holds to Texas? Question mark. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So we're picturing like <laughs> nine and four for Arkansas, but a with strong like finish. A, just a with like an zero and four finish. start. Yeah. Not that strong a finish, but a fascinating finish. Like they'll go two. <laughs> and, oh, fascinating! They'll go two and two in November, and we'll be like, man, they're amazing. Say one thing about your team. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Is that good? Yeah, is that good? Uh, Jason, do you I have mean, a question? I, I that mean that like in the old-timey way. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, if the grizzly bear from the Revenant... This comes to us from Smithfire13 on Twitter. If the grizzly bear from the Revenant is Baylor, what program represents Leo? Uh, first of all, two of us have seen this movie, this, this very, very important film. It's very moving and important film. Um, and We're just quoting our favorite Leonardo DiCaprio I love that lines. Part. Uh, I, there was one reviewer, uh, I think it's Salon.com. I was reading through the worst reviews because they're the ones I felt would most resonate with me. And this one uh, just trashed it. Uh, th- they called this movie, uh, it's like watching a, a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. Because yeah. just every yeah. scene is just, oh, wow, an anvil dropped on Leo's head. And watch him act his way out of it. <laughs> Incredible. That took an hour. <laughs> wow, you can hear the blood. That's great acting. Like there's a Foley artist somewhere who made The Revenant who's sitting there like like he was sitting in a studio in Burbank with Inaritu, the director. And he's got like a knife and a cantaloupe. And he goes... And Ritu's like, no, 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 that's not right. The cantaloupe is too ripe. Cantaloupe is too ripe. Then it's like, you know, slightly raw watermelon. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not right. It's not the sound of a knife going into a thigh for the third time. That man should get an Oscar is what I'm saying. Yeah, that guy. The noise guy. Yeah. But yeah, um, this movie's long. I, I, I honestly, while watching it, I just kept thinking I would really rather be watching The Gray. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wolf punching. Because, oh, like, you're watching this movie about, uh, you know, surviving the snow and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I could watch Liam Neeson's get it done in an hour or less. Punching wolves with whiskey bottles taped to his hands. That's so much better than this. Um, but as for the bear, uh, yeah, if it's Baylor. Um, then I think the Leo in this case, of course, the bear mauls Leo and then he spends the rest of the movie recovering from the bear mauling. That's going to be every like Baylor schedule because mm. Baylor starts out real hot and they tear you up and, and they, and they bite your face and stand on your head for a while. Uh, and then they kind of forget about you and you shoot them and you stab them in the lungs and you both roll down a hill and you know, that, that's kind of just every Baylor season. It starts awesome, and then it ends with them sort of crushing you as you both tumble down a hill. And Leo also sounds like a Baylor quarterback in that at the end you're like, how is he alive? How is he still alive? <laughs> this is the calls. Like Baylor, like Baylor's QB will roll up to the line, and that's his audible. <laughs> 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 
Seth Russell, your your spine just broke. I'm going back out there. Kill my boy. Kill my boy. You should really see this movie. It's really fun. I'm serious. Yeah. It's not a good movie, but you should go see it with a friend and just make fun of it. It's a delight. You should see it and sort of like remember what your face looked like the whole time. Just cause you're just gonna make, make interesting faces the whole time you watch this, and yeah. like none of them will be like delighted or uh, impressed or anything like that. Just mm. he sleeps naked inside a real horse carcass. Yeah, and like they really beat you over the head with like it's symbolism you would you know conjure as like a freshman, like the the part where he's he's he he cuts his way into a horse and and sleeps in it and comes back out. There's like just this blunt birth imagery like it oh he's coming out of a birth oh and he's looking up and there's plants blooming oh and the sun's out like just everything is just such junior literary quality combined with like you know the most amazing uh filming the you know that you can imagine like it's it's it it feels like just this really beautiful ad- adaptation of a terrible movie so is yeah. this is this going to be the funniest uh is the funniest part of this movie going to be if Leonardo DiCaprio also does not win an Oscar after doing all this shit? Oh, he's not he's not winning an Oscar. <laughs> now, the, no end of this, the end of the movie, I'm not going to tell you what happens, sure. those of you who might care about this garbage movie. Uh, but the end of it is uh, Leo looking at the camera as if to say, Love me. Can I have my trophy can now? I? Yeah, whereas, whereas Tom Hardy shows up as if – and he didn't read the script – like that's actually true. Tom Hardy didn't read the script before he showed was up. Was there one? Uh, believe it or not, it's nominated. By the way, for for like screenplay, <laughs> which I really for hope, like efficiency for like a three-hour movie mm-hmm. out of like a three-page script. I hope the script is actually Leo written. It'd be like Leonardo. It'd be like you know Hugh Glass colon, and then the line is like. <laughs> I, I just picture more colons. <laughs> so just holding down colon. Make a noise like a colon. Like I hope that's like crawls. I we cannot possibly right overstate how how much that noise is made in this movie. You most you mostly sound like we're... Barney from The Simpsons. <laughs> that's what I, actually to put Barney in this movie. That's the secret plot. That's actually the secret to the revenant. When don't he, when don't he says, cry for me. I'm already dead. When he says he's attacked by a bear, it actually means he just gets tra- tragically drunk for three weeks. <laughs> like, he's in bad shape. He's cold as ice. And he's like, I'm hammered. Also, Barney would absolutely sleep I can't in a believe you carcass. left him out there. <laughs> well, we had to. Was, we, had, we had to. He, he was, was a little unbearable. He got really loud. He was fucking plowed, and he was just talking about how he'd have sex with your wife. It was really, really uncalled for. <laughs> he, was, he was really fun to be around, but he was just way too loud. So we had to leave him out there by that bear. Don't worry. The horse carcass kept him warm. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot of things like. This goes with my Luke theory for Star Wars. There's a lot of things that can explain by this character got completely trashed. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did like about this movie was how the uh, the natives um, they actually had different tribes with different languages, and and all the the native characters had actual motivations, and they were sort of on a quest of their own. They weren't just like. Uh, they weren't just antagonist backdrop characters. That's the one nice thing I'll say about this movie. That and it's pretty. It's very pretty. I'll also say this. The other amusing thing is that Tom Hardy appears to have just shown up with no script and just started talking. I'm trying to place his accent because it's well done. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to place which part of the South he's from. Uh, he gives him like, if you can imagine the Grapes of Wrath accent from the original like 1930s movie, like that 30s version of Grapes of Wrath. That's the one he has. He has the like English person imagining like authentic frontier gibberish, right? Like, thank Parson Johnson for that bit of authentic <laughs> frontier gibberish. That's that's exactly what Tom like Tom Hardy just walks in and starts talking about shit that's not even related to the movie. And it's not even in a Terrence Malick way. It's in like an adult swim way. Like my daddy thought God was a squirrel, so he killed him and ate him. Like, that, hap- that happens. happens. That, that's, that's not making that's, that up. That's a that's, quote. But his accent is really good. I mean, of course, he's a great actor. I'm going to start calling this movie Tim and Barrick. Tim and <laughs> <laughs> It really is. 
Brian, so, you haven't even seen it. You summed it up better than we did. It's perfect. Tim and Barracks. Because like, there's so many scenes where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking off in the distance and there's my relatives singing to me about the spirits and Tim, stuff. Tim and Barrack gruesome show. Great job. Yeah, it's 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 literally it's Tim and Barrack awesome show. Great job. That's the entire movie. Uh, Ryan, do you have a question you want to ask? Uh, yes, this question comes from Van Newell at Van Newell on Twitter. What is the worst? What is the worst thing a coach has ever eaten for dinner at a recruit's home? I think the answer here is going to be one of those recipes from like the fifties or sixties that you see on like a Buzzfeed list or something. That is, you know, it's like a salad that involves one leaf of romaine lettuce, a banana, a half a cup of mayonnaise, and like cherries mm-hmm. and olives. Okay. It's going to be some like extremely dated dish that has things that don't belong in it whatsoever. But the, this recruit's mother or grandmother is like, oh, this is my fa- This is my famous kill yourself salad. Uh, Jason? What, what uh, your I feel like the key here is going to be uh, regional disparity. Like you take a coach who's from like Northern California and he, through hard luck, is a Big Ten assistant. And like you know, he's being served like piles and piles of custard or something like that, or like you know, just just really bloody beef. And this is just against everything he's ever been raised. Is this organic? To yeah, it's got carbon in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still charcoal in the middle of it. Or, or like uh, you know, a coach from like Louisiana is in like I don't know Minnesota or something, and in eating you know. Uh, blubber? I don't know. What do those people eat way up there? Curds. Just Cur- the curds. Yeah, the cur- curds and brandy. Yep. That's it. Curds and brandy. I'm just going to say this. Um, I think the answer is Taco Bell. <laughs> Somebody Damn. who just puts out a How bunch would of, that happen? Such a bunch of crap. No, because maybe they're like, oh, so like, so like, So like a Sunbelt coach is coming over. Ah, just right. grab a 10 taco right. box. Right. And you come over there. You, that's how you know you're not getting the recruit. It's when they got the goddamn 10 taco box this, out of the table. This is a courtesy because you're friends with our high school coach. Because, I mean, I like some trash-ass fast food. Like Little Caesars. Little, I'll eat Little, Little Caesars all day. Wow. Time. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So what is the worst, what is the worst fast food that, that y'all will, uh, will enjoy? Is, that, is it Little Caesars for you? It's probably Little Caesars. Honestly, like if you order Little Caesars, I'm pretty happy with it. Hmm. Okay. See, I for for me, I, I'd go Pizza Hut, but I don't think Pizza Hut is as bad as Little Caesars. So I don't know if I'm no, really hitting the yeah, bar there. Little Caesars is worse. Than that. It's worse. No, I will tell you, it's worse, and I enjoy it. Yep. Hmm. I will also say Burger King. Burger King's pretty low. Ooh, I despise Burger King. Burger King. Burger King always feels like an imitation of something, like a, a photocopy of a photocopy. How recently have you had Burger King? Oh though? my God, not mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. Because I was going to I, I tried it a couple years ago because I remember liking it at high school, and they've totally uh, ruined their fries. So did you get mad? You get mad at your high school self for even eating there. You're like, damn it, past me. What'd you do to future me by eating this? No, I was like, it's it's not my fault because they're the ones who changed the fries. So that's true. Yeah, they botched their fries. Another thing, uh, KFC. I will not eat it. Like it's no, no, it's, no. it's it's bad. It's KFC's. Real- no, no, I'll, that's, I'll eat church. Right. I'll eat church. I'll eat churches before I eat KFC. You know, you know it's worse than KFC. KFC is beyond bad food. KFC is like morally wrong. You know what's worse than KFC though? Leftover KFC. Incomprehensible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like room temperature KFC. I don't even. I can't even hear you right now. What are these potatoes made of? Uh, <laughs> just dry. Just uh, drywall, basically. KFC, because you kids out there might not believe this, but back in the eighties, KFC was pretty all right, and now and now it's it, now it's this non-food substance. They got they got fucking lapped by Popeyes. Oh wait, no, Pop, yeah. Pop, Popeyes is uh, just several furlongs ahead of them and pulling away. Yeah, I would say Popeyes is on. That's not a guilty pleasure at all. We're I, th- I think all of us are proud to enjoy Popeyes every chance we get. It will amu- it will amuse me when somebody says. Oh man, you know Popeyes is like my guilty pleasure. Like, well, what kind of points you think you're earning here, sir? Well, you, you know where the first franchise, not the original, but the first franchised KFC was uh, was built in. 
Um, probably someplace terrible. Am I right? Salt Lake City. Whoo! They're like, ooh, this is this is spicy. It's got salt in it. <laughs> mm. Eleven herbs and spices. They're all salt. All salt. Six six <laughs> kinds of salt. There's five a little, more kinds of. There's salt. a little garlic salt. Ooh, can I throw one more in there? Subway. Like, cause they come back with Subway. So yeah, yeah, it's bad. Uh, let's see. That was uh, that was Jason's question, was it not? No, it was mine, but it's. Fine. That was yours. Yeah. Okay. We going around the horn here? Just whatever. This, yeah, <laughs> we're, there, we're, we're, we're giving points. Tony Reale is on the line, but muted. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh shit! It's like we've pulled a mutiny on him. Also, uh, sorry, Stu Mandel. Oh, yeah, we yeah, just, we yeah, ripped your mention. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, buddy. I don't even know why we did it. We're hey, just you, bored. You told me to. That so was not my first suggestion. That was your suggestion. No, you said that was not my first suggestion. No, 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 no. But it happened. My Wait, first so there's somebody else whose mentions you wanted bombed? Yeah, Soledad O'Brien. Yeah, but I couldn't find Soledad's Twitter account. So oh, you're I'm like, so lazy. You gave up. So you typed S. I looked. Said, I, looked oh, I give up. I looked it up. Go ahead, look up Soledad O'Brien's Twitter account. Fine. fine. <sighs> God, right. Goddamn. It's everything. something really crazy, like Soledad O'Brien. It's Soledad <laughs> O'Brien. <laughs> you son of you a totally, bitch. You totally typed S and then accidentally hit the L and said, "Ah, forget it." It's Soledad <laughs> Goddamn <laughs> O'Brien. Yeah, but it's much funnier to hit Stu Mandel because, like, an hour later, he's like, "Thanks, guys." What? <laughs> Soledad O'Brien wouldn't have responded. Nah, yeah, she well, with, with Mandel, it's he's close enough that it's he has to actually sort of make note that I'm not actually on her show. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you know what kind of horror rolls up? And she's a woman on the internet and TV. Do you know what kind of terror just comes to her doorstep on Twitter every day that she doesn't look? She wouldn't respond. I just want her to be our friend. Exactly. Do you know what kind of terror rolls up on her doorstep every day? <laughs> I think the the way we can best be her friend is to leave her alone. <laughs> Correct. But we're making more progress right now oh, than we God. ever had. We're lepers. Whereas, you, you, do you know? Do you know what an extra at the mentions of Stu Mandel is? Oh, it's a holiday. <laughs> you know, Co- compared to so, oh, Soledad, it's compared to it's, Soledad, it's like oh look, a new person. I'm gonna get another gun. It's like you know, it's like a, a SETI. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah exactly. I'm gonna buy another dog to guard me in my house. From people because I'm a famous woman. A dog made well, of guns. A dog made of guns. This is a good idea. Whereas Stu Mandel's like, well, look, another reader. Thanks, y'all. It's great. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, that's. Um, I believe we're. I do have one more question I want to answer if we have time. Go for it. I think so. Which movie TV show has the. This is from Probably Monty at Probably Monty on Twitter. What movie, TV show, etc., has the widest gap between your enjoyment and critical acclaim? Now, this can go either way. It can be a show that you really enjoy that doesn't get good reviews, or it can be a show that gets great reviews that you have no feeling or affection for whatsoever. So we're focusing on shows? Um, you know, movie, TV show, etc. I-, I imagine album, if you have an album or an artist. Oh, God. That's critically acclaimed that you're like, ah, I don't feel them. Or someone who's like, they're trash. And you're like, ah, actually, I think they're pretty good. Who would that be? Man, do I don't it. know where to begin because like most critically acclaimed things I don't really care for. Okay. Well, for instance? I mean, if we stuck with just shows, let's see. Uh, Mad Men, uh, Justified, Game of Thrones. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I could go on. I don't care about like, <laughs> many, many of these shows that everyone likes, and I've tried, and it's you know that they're, they're yeah. Okay, so you do not feel you do not feel, for instance, justified at all. No, and I'm told I didn't get far enough into it that it gets away from sort of the the procedural, like the oh we're CSI with hills thing, uh, and becomes more of an actual uh, episodic story. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this true? Definitely, definitely. There's a there's an arc for every season. Okay, because at first it's just like, oh, he's going to solve the mystery and 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 smile with his hat on, and like, okay, I don't need this. Okay, it gets. I, I saw the last episode, like like the uh, just that and Lost are the two where I watched the the last episode and just considered the book finished. Okay, 
because, uh, yeah, because you're wrong about that, but that's not your fault. So we'll, we'll let you go on that. I mean, you know, they, the first season, they didn't do a good job. So Ryan. So I'm looking at IMDb of the most popular of the highest rated movies. And I'm trying to find one that I just, that's just a good idea. Fucking hated. Um, how about anything directed by Inaritu? <laughs> We've already and, done that. We've already oh, you know you know what movie I just <laughs> I got some more shit to say about that dude. Um, two thousand one just didn't do shit for me. Oh no! Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Man, man, Hal is like I know, yeah. I know. I just I don't. Hal have, is my Hal is my homeboy. I, I think it has good parts, but like, man, this, it's got a lot of parts. Yeah, Should have been like thirty seven minute movie. It does. It's it's really long. If somebody's like that movie's entirely too long and it has a weird ending, I'm like, you're totally right. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I can't. I'm not down for it. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree, and I love that movie, but uh, it's also a complete mess. I will so, give it that. Looking at uh, Metacritic album releases, all time highest. The first one that we get down to that I hate, Spencer. I know this is one for you as as well, or at least just completely don't get is Bob Dylan. Oh man, fuck Bob Dylan. Um, I don't even really recognize it as music. It's no, just kind of people, uh, people are like, "Oh, he has such great lyrics." I'm like, well, that's what reading's for. Yeah, so print them out, and it's great. You can read them separately. I mean, I don't the, think they'll hold up as well. The best Bob Dylan song is "In Ain't Me," as done by Johnny and June Carter Cash. Yeah, exactly. As done by somebody else. The song literally about not being Bob Dylan, <laughs> entitled "It Ain't Me." Yeah, it's a great song. It's about like to go listen to someone else. That's that's what the best Bob Dylan song is. Like I grew up reading Rolling Stone, and I hate it, and I hate it to this day because anytime that Neil Young or Bob Dylan would put out anything, they're like four stars. Four stars is a starting point. It might be five. It's crazy. You're like this is a tape of Bob Dylan suffering food poisoning in a Las Vegas hotel in 1987. It contains no music and it's just Bob Dylan retching on the floor and farting and excreting things. And you're like, oh, four stars. Moving. Just It's a graceful effort. Just a, a man fighting the elements. Four stars. Fuck Bob Dylan. <laughs> Absolutely sucks. Everyone loves Dylan. I've never gotten a single goddamn song of his. He has one album that's semi-decent. It's Nashville Skyline. And that's because the session players are all better than he is. Um, yeah, otherwise on this list, there's some, I don't know most of this stuff. Uh, there's some like, uh, indie rock stuff that I've heard. That's terrible. <laughs> Animal Collective. Oh yeah. It's very Collective. bad. Oh, they, they're bad. They blow. I know. Uh, they, they sound like an anxiety attack. Yeah. That all that kind of thing. I don't understand why anyone would pretend to like it. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna accept that people actually like it. I just don't get why people would pretend to like it. Yeah, it's bad. Um, I will say this: going back to television movies that uh, television that movies that people find really, really inspiring and great that really aren't that great. Fight Club, never. Sorry, That's fair. it's like the like weakest idea of transgressive I've ever watched. I think uh, liking that after high school. Yeah, is the, that, like if you're in high school, like. Yeah, sure, that can inform your entire worldview. But once you, you know, actually, uh, I don't know, do 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 anything at all with your life, you sort of have to leave that one behind. Yeah, I will also say that uh, anybody who is really super into uh, like a Clockwork Orange, I love Kubrick. Something's wrong with you if you're really into a Clockwork Orange. I don't mean in a cool way. <laughs> I just mean that movie kind of sucks. It's long. Doesn't get to the point. It takes a little too long on those rape scenes. Lingers a little too fondly on them. So, uh, yeah. Clockwork Orange blows. That movie sucks. In addition to that, Lost sucks. Never got it. Watch the last episode, though. Last episode was great because I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and, and, and if you do that, if you watch only last episode of Lost, you're the least angry person <laughs> on, mm-hmm. in the country. And, 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 and it makes a ton of sense, too. It makes as like, much okay. sense for you as it did for everyone cool. else. It was it was great going it was great going into that and coming like, oh man, this is this was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's he's dying next to that dog. That's how I want to go next to a big old friendly dog. That'd be so great. Everyone else is like, it's crap. 
<laughs> and you're like, no, this is delightful. No, it was pretty good. This is great. Uh, folk music. Just folk music and folk music period. <laughs> wow. To hell with all of it. Wow. To hell with the entire genre. You walk into a, if you walk into my life with an acoustic guitar and sit down and want to tell me about the working man, I'm kicking your goddamn teeth in. Get out of my home. Okay. Yeah. No, no use for any of it. Do we have any examples of the opposite direction about like critical trash that we're, we're like, no, it's fine. 2010. The sequel to 2001. Oh my <laughs> god. Love that movie. Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely love that movie. I think that movie's awesome. That movie's better than the original. Holy shit. I, I will go that far. It was a delight. You know, I, I only remember because for some reason we were talking about this in the office the other day because we work hard. Um, Waterworld is not as shitty as people as, not it was, at all. as it was claimed to be at the time. I'm not going to say it's like the most amazing movie, but it, it's got jet skis and guns and Dennis Hopper just being mean. It's fine. I don't. I don't know why it was so critically reviled. Um, I, I don't know why either. I, I think probably because it was just kind of a confusing concept. Sure. I mean, it was kind of a confusing concept, but that doesn't mean it was bad. No, it was fine. I it, I I did not regret what spending time watching it. I can't think of that with music. Music's a little harder. Yeah. When it, when it comes to like figure out the. Uh, the album, right? Like the album, because there's some about people that are like that album's trash. Like to to be honest, uh, like when somebody like when Nas came out with bad albums, I never thought the bad ones were as bad as they were supposed to be, and the good ones were never as good. And people are like Nas is spitting that truth. I'm like, yeah, I still didn't have a fact checker. Yeah, I, I can't really tell the difference. All the beats are pretty bad. <laughs> They're and, all pretty much the same. And uh, and Nas clearly wrote all the choruses, which is kind of the whole problem with Nas. Exactly. You know, uh, let's see other other ones that are like like. I, I just scanned the IMDb bottom one hundred, and I don't think I've seen any of these. Well, yeah, because so, it's a lot of because, like directed DVD. Because I have excellent uh, excellent taste oh, in film. So that's because a bad movie is really bad. Here. It's like unwatchably bad. I'm gonna throw one out that I know you're gonna hate. I think Billy Joel is fine. Here's the deal. <laughs> I do like uh, no, no, like I, it's 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 akin to just eating a little Debbie snack where you're like, yeah, I know this isn't very complicated or good for me, and it could exist at any point in time, and it has no tethering to anything meaningful, and my life is not better or worse for having this individual little Debbie snack. But that I don't think it's shit. I think it's just fine. It's. It's wallpaper, right? Like yeah. it's just you're like, ah, it's fine. It's like um stale mini bar candy. Like it's it's fine. It has its purpose. But the problem is its persistence. Billy Joel, if you turn on classic rock, uh-huh. if you're just flipping around the radio and you don't have something to plug into the aux cord. Sure. It's everywhere. Like and it's always this like my life is the most irritating song ever. And I have to sing along with it. That's the, the, the like pleasure and torture of Billy Joel as a, pre- as a musical presence, right? I, I can't it. think of who would be equivalent to that in like this current day and age. Maybe Maroon 5. Maroon yes. 5, I always, oh. I always know the lyrics to Maroon 5. It's exact – uh, we've discussed this before. This is, this is the, the exact genre of this music is music that you can be writing in the car with your mother – and you both agree that this is fine. This is like the Venn diagram where you're both cool. So people thought I Am Legend was really bad? Oh, I Am Legend was fine. Appar- apparently they thought it was really bad. Uh, I-, I-, I thought it was pretty good. I-, I would give it a better than okay. Did you like I Am Legend better or The Revenant better? I like everything better than The Revenant. <laughs> See, I kind of like The Revenant, but would, not for the right reasons. Would, would you have liked The Revenant better if Billy Joel had been playing the starring role? Yes. Uh, I'm going to come out. It was supposed to be the biggest bomb of the 1980s. I love Howard the Duck. <laughs> That's kind of had like a cultural resurgence too, right? I uh, know. I think people got it wrong. It's, okay. just a, it's just a crap movie. But it's a crap movie like a bad hamburger you eat at one in the morning. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Right? I will also say this. I don't think Batman and Robin is an unpleasant experience. I, I think it's pretty bad. 
It's pretty bad, but it's not totally unpleasant. The problem okay? is uh, Batman and Robin has gotten a lot of – I think a, what a lot of that was was people realizing that Batman Forever was terrible and they sort of – it was a delayed reaction. So all of their anger that they wanted to put on to Batman Forever but didn't get around to in time, that got dumped on Clooney. Which one was Batman or – oh, Batman and Robin was the really, really silly one. Yeah, with Mr. Where, like, Freeze. They just said, let's not try to be cool or tough at all. Let's, let's just, just let's just have puns. Damn yeah, it. Yeah, let's, let's make the, it like an expensive version of the 50s show. It's the Mike Prada of Batman movies. <laughs> I will say this. Glitter? Glitter ain't bad. I mean, it's, hmm. a, bad, it's a bad movie, but I'll watch it. It's got to be better than Crossroads. I mean, it's got to be better than Cars 2. Wow. <laughs> Cars 2 was shit. Pixar just rolled that out there like you can torture a car to death on screen in a kid's movie. Like that's a thing you can do. That happened? Oh, yeah. There's a torture scene in Cars 2 where they blow up a car. They like blow up a car's engine like his heart. That's why you can't let Dick Cheney do (laughs) punch-up. I'm sorry. I mean enhanced entertainment. (laughs) 